Together we pray. Come Holy Spirit. Come Lord, we give you permission to do what you desire. We pray, Lord, that you would make our minds and hearts and our souls the fertile soil of the gospel. That your word may bear great fruit in our life. Lord, illuminate these scriptures, illuminate these mysteries for us. Convict and console our hearts. Speak, for your servants are listening. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Sorry, just a, a word as we were praying there. Note before I begin my homily. Um, we pray the Hail Mary a lot. As Catholics, and particularly if you, if you pray the rosary, let us not um, kind of lose an awareness of the fact that the, the privilege that we have, we're, we're communicating with the Mother of God, who is our Mother, who is in heaven with the Lord interceding for us. So it's not just pious words that we're saying. It's a, it's a real deep relationship with the Mother of God, who is our Mother. Um, I was just struck by that as we were praying the Hail Mary. So, again, all, there are so many things we do as Catholics that, that, are, that are a routine and that are a ritual. And it, and it is important for us to be mindful of the richness and the depth of them that we don't just kind of keep going through the motions. Um, and they're there to really kind of free us and assist us to even as we're going through the ritual aspect to like enter into this deep, deep space of, of prayer. So homily number one, jump into homily number two. So here we are at the feast of the baptism of Jesus. Maybe when we were having the entrance procession, you were like, why are we singing a Christmas song? Why are the trees still up? What's going on? Because today is the last day of the Christmas season. Today is the last day in which we're celebrating in a particular way the incarnation. God, God coming into our world and taking on human flesh to manifest his glory and his goodness. And today is this, this, this hinge day from Christmas to the beginning of ordinary time when Jesus is stepping out of his hidden life and into his public ministry. And sometimes we, because I guess, you know, in, in, in the, the secular world in a sense, and that's not necessarily a bad word, uh, but the secular world that Christmas kind of starts on October 31st, uh, that, we, that we get tired of it by the time the Christmas season starts. So just an encouragement next year, uh, let's, let's just be really serious about Advent. So then by the time we come to this day, we're still like sweet. And we're just like milking the, the graces of Christmas that are there. We have this, this feast in which let us try to put ourselves in the mindset of John the Baptist. Here he is, anointed by God to be the prophet who is preparing for the coming of the Messiah. Like that's, that's his role to prepare for the coming of the Messiah. And he, goes, and he goes out to the Jordan River, and he's preaching, and he's calling people to repentance. Prepare the way of the Lord, right? This baptism of repentance, getting ready for Christ's coming. And then in the midst of that, 
Jesus shows up. And John recognizes him. And John says to him very accurately, uh, I should not be baptizing you. You, you should be baptizing me. And I, I don't know what Jesus was thinking, but I, I, I kind of chuckle a little bit and laugh. And Jesus like, yeah, you're right, John. You got that right. You're right. But allow it. Allow it to be this way. So that all righteousness may be fulfilled. God doesn't need, Jesus did not need John the Baptist to baptize him. There's no sin. He's God in the flesh. He didn't, he didn't need that. He didn't need John to do it for the heavens to open and the Holy Spirit to come and the Father to speak. He didn't need it. But the Lord chose for it to be so. God desired to use John the Baptist in this way. And so John the Baptist, in this space of humility, is like, hey, I'm not worthy. And Jesus is like, but allow it anyway. And then he says, and then he allowed him. And then as he allowed him, then this is what happens. That the heavens open up, and the Holy Spirit descends upon Christ in the form of a dove, and the, we hear the words of the Father, this is my beloved Son, in whom I'm well pleased. Amazing. Manifestation of the Trinity, right there. And the fact that this is happening at the Jordan River, it's not just like, oh, like this is the, this is the best spot that we could find. I mean, it's, it's, it's the fulfillment of the first exodus and the first entry into the promised land. You have, again, the Israelites in slavery. The Lord set them free. They crossed through the Red Sea. They journeyed through the desert for 40 years, this time of purification and intimacy with God. And then they cross the Jordan. It's the crossing of the Jordan in which they move from the journey in the desert into the promised land. And actually, we are, most of us remember that the crossing of the Red Sea was this miraculous, like the Red Sea parts and they walk across on dry ground. Well, the same thing basically happened at the Jordan River. Then when they get to the Jordan after the 40 years, then, then what happens is the priests take the Ark of the Covenant and they go into the Jordan River and the Jordan River stops flowing upstream. And then so it's dry ground. And they all walk across again on dry ground into the promised land. So what opened for them in that first, that first entry into the promised land is the river opened up and they entered the physical promised land. But what's happening at the Jordan River this time is that something else is opening up. It's the heavens. But there's an opening of the heavens, which is the true promised land. Eternal communion with God. And that Jesus is beginning his public ministry and he's beginning this time which we will journey with him, right? We will journey with him and then ultimately we remain faithful to him because the Lord is always faithful to us. Then the opening of the gates of heaven to us. And then with this opening, the Holy Spirit descends. And so what's amazing here again, it's not like, hey, you got to go get there by yourself, but the Lord is coming down to us to take us with him. And at the baptism, we have this, this affirmation of who Jesus is. But for us, at our baptism, the, what happened there happens to us. That when the water is poured and the words are said, that the Holy Spirit descends. The heavens are opened up. That whatever sin someone has, whether it's an infant and it's the 
the stain of original sin or whatever, it's an adult and whatever personal sin they have with that, like that is washed away. But for the greater, for the greater reality of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. The greater reality. And then in that, what happens is that we become an adopted son and an adopted daughter of the Father. And these words are spoken to us. This is my son. This is my daughter in whom I am well pleased. Like that becomes our identity. Is a son or a daughter of the Father. That's who we are in our baptism. And then in that moment, we become sons and daughters in the Son. That is our relationship with the Lord. And, And as we said, this moment is also a hinge moment from his hidden life into his public ministry. And so from here, Jesus is sent by the Spirit to fulfill his mission of the salvation of the world. And so at our baptisms, we too are given this dual grace here, that we are made sons, we are made daughters of the Father, that we share in Jesus' sonship. And then from there, we also share in his mission. We also share in his mission. Every day, do you think about that? Do I think about that? Like the most important thing in my life is to be living in communion with the Lord and to share in his mission for the salvation of the world. And that's an invitation that the Lord gives us. And you may think to yourself, and I know I think to myself like, not it. Not it. Not worthy. Not one day of my life. And Jesus is saying the same thing. I think he said interiorly to John the Baptist, yep, you're right. You're not. But allow me to do it in you. Give me permission to do this in you. Because it's not on our own power. It's by the power and grace of the Holy Spirit. And it just takes our, our willing cooperation. The grace is free, but I mean, yes, the, it costs us our life, it costs us our will, but man, what an incredible thing. What an incredible thing. You know, think of this reality. What if, what if uh, you got the call like tomorrow from Coach O? He's like, hey, um, Joe Burrow went down, Miles Brennan went down, all the quarterbacks went down. We need you to come in. (laughs) And then you went in and you killed it. And we win. Wouldn't it be pretty incredible? I, I think so. How much more incredible that right now we're being invited. At the beginning of our baptism, we're invited to participate in Jesus's mission for the salvation of souls. I'm pretty pumped about the game. But the game means nothing compared to that. Nothing. This is the invitation. Will we allow him to do it? What is that allowing him to do it looks like? 
looks like beginning and continuing with a daily life of prayer. Continuing to receive the sacraments of coming to reconciliation. Making the Eucharist the source and summit of my life. Of going and living the spiritual and the corporal works of mercy. Of feeding the hungry and clothing the naked. Of counseling the doubtful. Like all the things. What, what does it look like too of seeking to proclaim the gospel when there's an opportunity of telling people what Christ has done in your life so that they can know salvation. Here's, here's the invitation. I'm not giving it to you. I'm just reminding you that God is giving it to you at every single moment. Are we going to allow him? The answer, hopefully, for all of us is Yes. Yes. And heaven rejoices in that. So today, as we come to receive the Eucharist, think of this exchange between Jesus and John the Baptist. And the Lord is speaking to you. He's speaking to me. And, and give Jesus permission to do whatever he wants to do in your life. Give him permission to do whatever he wants to do. And it's going to be awesome. And it's going to be hard. And it's going to be joyful. And it's going to get souls to heaven. So good. So go Tigers. But let's go with the Lord. Even more so. All right? So... Yes, we're unworthy, but allow him. Allow him to use you.